and welcome to the Virgin River Visitor Center. I'm Caroline Dill. And I'm Liz Mitchell. And we are your guides to this charming, small, yet fictional town of Netflix's Virgin River. At the Virgin River Visitor Center, we will help you learn everything you need to know. Whether you want to know where to go for a late night bite, Jack's Bar, or who is new in town and already stirring up drama, the new nurse Mel, or you just want to know the local gossip. So pack your bags and your impractical footwear. We're going to Virgin River. Train ride at Turtle Creek. That sounds so fun. Where's Turtle Creek? I don't know. What kind of train ride? I don't know. National Grilled Cheese Day? That's my birthday. That's not. National Grilled Cheese Day is on the 15th. Your birthday is on the 17th. No, it's not. Oh my God, you're right. I mixed my days up. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking the 17th. My birthday is on September 15th and you call myself. But <laughs> and, 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 I forgot my days. And you call yourself my friend. My possibly closest friend <laughs> i should have known because your email address is 9 15 oh my gosh you thought i just really love 9 15 no, like, like i logically i knew that that was your birthday i but in this moment i forgot i've been recording this <laughs> not intentionally i was just messing with it and it's recording so i got that on evidence <laughs> then i called your birthday the wrong day you got my birthday wrong. i mixed it up by two days and i immediately knew what i said wrong not immediately you questioned me you're like no your birthday's not that day and i'm like yeah it is i looked at that I was calendar trying to gaslight you thinking your birthday was on a different day let me call my mom boop, 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 boop. mom when was i born my mom would have been mad if i was born on the 17th i was already so late oh yeah she would have murdered you yeah she would have been like i wanted this baby but now i don't get it away get from it me get away from me i would have had to grow up oscar the grouch yes in a exactly. trash can my headphones aren't working oh no so so you can't hear yourself i'm going without oh no uh, the headphones were in <laughs> fact working after a very long technical issue. Uh, it's a whole thing, but yeah, we're good. We got there. We're good, everyone. <laughs> Clearly things are going great today. Happy day. Hope you are enjoying your Wednesday or whenever you're choosing to listen to this. So uh, without further ado, it's time for the virgin river visitor center podcast Ooh, it's not just two friends arguing about when the other's birthday is no but i'll never let you forget that hey now anyways <clears throat> today we are talking about episode five mayday 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 we're going down i have to drive this boat plane that was my reenactment of Jack having to take over driving a boat plane. That's about as long as that scene was, too. Honestly. Never to be talked about again. No. All right. Well, before we get into that, Liz, do you want to carry us out on our beautiful summary? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Thank you for allowing me. <clears throat> Jack and Mel once again save the day when they do an emergency landing of the plane Afterwards, Mel schedules some doc baby doctor appointments and wants to do the paternity test, but Jack is scared too. Doc bonds with Denny while Hope is dodging her doctor's appointments. Preacher goes on a date, which is kind of fun. And Ricky tries to score some brownie points with Lizzie. But after fighting with Jack, Mel ends up at the clinic where she discovers Denny going through the medicine cabinet. And that was our Cliffy of the episode. Ooh. I love a Cliffy. And this was a better Cliffy than last week's. Well, yeah, last week, it's like we know they're going to survive. There's six-something more episodes. Right, and they're the main characters. Yeah, and I've seen behind-the-scenes pictures of season five being filmed. <laughs> Can't pull a fast one on us. No. And literally, it never gets talked about again. They land, they crash land, nothing. Yeah, I think Mel casually mentions it to Bree, and Bree's like, hey, you good? I heard what happened. But that's it. Right, we don't hear about what happened to Brad brad he's I almost okay said doug no it's brad, brad and he's all right 
he did have a heart attack, but they got him there in time. I just, I need clarity on everything. They can't just like have a moment like this and then end it. They can and they will. Yeah, because they do that a lot. They do. Yeah. You know, it's really convenient that Mel is a nurse and she is on board while this is happening, even though it was her fault that he was on the plane in the first place, whatever. Although it's also partially Jack's fault because he didn't want to leave, so they missed their boat. In the whole grand scheme of it, how convenient is it that this boat plane's first aid kit just happens to have everything one could need for a heart attack? Right. Aspirin makes sense. No, it doesn't, because my first aid kit has, and I quote, band-aids, end of list. Oh, I've had plenty of first aid kits that have aspirin in it. Yeah, you're supposed to, like, refill what you use up over time. Mm -hmm. Yes, I also just refilled my first aid kit over the weekend. (gasps) Wow. I took out all the, like, expired stuff out of my car one. Do you have one of those, like, um, heat stroke blanket things? You know, if you become overheated, you need to put one of those blankets on. No, I don't have one of those. I do have a space blanket, though, for the winter. I think you need to get one of those overheater, overheater heat blankets. I don't know what those are. Yeah, runners and marathons, when they get overheated, they have to put those um, blankets on them so they don't like... Oh, I thought those were always just space blankets. I don't know. The, like, silver... Yeah. Yeah, those are space blankets that are usually used in the winter. They're also used for athletes in extreme conditions like if it's really hot and they pass out while running oh i don't know though so yeah i do have one then great cool courtesy of my mother wow she just wants to always look out you know yeah but anyway speaking of this first aid kit okay yeah fine aspirin i can see that he is an old person and they use aspirin Mm -hmm. yet also nitroglycerin right and not even like normal nitroglycerin like the spray it's the tablets what is this who the only people who i can think of off the top of my head who just happened to carry nitro on them let's not call it nitro that's what that's what the shorthand for it is but that just makes me think of um people who like want to steal from doctors or dentist offices (laughs) that's different well, that's nitrous, yeah, not they, nitro. They want to call it nitro. I've seen criminals. I don't think anybody calls it nitro. Well, um, continue. Sorry. <laughs> Where are we? Oh, uh, I don't know. We'll move on. We'll move on. First aid kit, wild that he has that in there. Completely weird, but convenient. Very convenient for Mel. Anyways. Oh, and that they also weren't very far from an airport to land in, and that Jack has taken very minimal flight lessons but they didn't even land at an airport they landed on the water they crash landed and it was awesome and then but we don't even get to see anything from it it's because they didn't want to pay for that true it caught would have cost too much to Mm -hmm. destroy a plane or cgi that true tragedy anyways uh afterwards it's then it immediately cuts to the hospital but like everyone's fine mel just needed to be checked out just in case right although she looks rough yeah i was so when we first watched it we were like oh my gosh she must like hit her head and then at the second watch we're like no she just was like worried she had no physical ailments from which i mean i guess kind of makes sense she's pregnant so they want to like check it out and make sure but i guess whatever so instead of going on their outdoor fishing under the sea what camping (laughs) whatever it was camping they go home and chill and recover instead. And in the morning, Mel's on the phone with her OBGYN. She, like, sent over the medical stuff from her hospital visit. And Jack's like, why? What's wrong? She's like, oh, nothing. Just, like, normal stuff. Yeah. And, like, by the way, my appointment is at some point in time. I forget. And, oh, while we're there, we can, like, finally schedule that paternity test Woo-hoo. Woo. And he gets so weird about it. So he, weird. Uh, uh, uh. He was like, maybe, maybe not. Let's just move on. And the, he's like, Mel's like, what about their genealogy? They don't need to know. They'll never need to know. It's totally fine. Uh, he's still anti-knowing if he's the baby's dad. And Mel's like, it's better to know the truth than live in denial. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, no, we're not having this conversation and dips on out of there. 
He just wants to avoid the conversation. Avoidance. That is what he does best. Yeah. Jack, avoidance. I can't tell the two paintings apart. They're the same picture. Yeah, they really are. If you had to look up the dictionary definition of avoidance, there would be a picture of Jack Mm -hmm. right there. Right there. What a shame. Oh, well. Um, Should we stay on Mel or jump on to Jack? Whose storyline? Let's... Probably Mel. Yeah, let's do Mel's first. So Mel goes to work, and you'll never guess who is in the clinic. Bert. It's our favorite town criminal, Bert. Who lied to his wife. <gasps> I know. And you know what? He, he lied so well because he's a criminal. Mm-hmm. But he lied for a good reason. He did. So his wife, his lovely wife, has lost weight and stopped making her famous peach cobblers. Mm-hmm. And has just, like, not been sleeping and, like, all kinds of stuff. Has a rash and has pain. And you catch some context clues. She's like, all the women in my family have a rash on their face from sunlight. Clue number one. And that's really the only clue i needed some weird things with her fingers yeah and so the dr cam and mel confer and they're like "Hmm, we think it's an autoimmune disorder and after collecting a little bit more information from shirley who's very reluctant to be there that's why bert had to lie they're like it's lupus we think because they can't officially diagnose her as dr house would say it's not lupus but in her case it is exactly a house would love this case he would no he wouldn't it'd be too easy he'd throw it away yeah lupus is very expensive to treat though and that is why surely i almost said the wrong name didn't or she what what is her name again yeah it's Shirley. okay i just really questioned everything i knew in that moment she didn't want to go to the doctor because she has an aunt who had it so clue number 10,000 there about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And as she put it, it almost bankrupted her. My question, why does Dr. Cam know the exact cost of lupus treatment? Maybe he looked it up. Um, does he have lupus? Maybe. Hmm, things to look out for. Mm-hmm. But I think this is Bert's villain origin story. Oh. <gasps> No, he's already been a villain. If he can lie that well to his wife, of all people. Okay, but now he has, like, a reason behind it. But he is already in charge of the town crime. He can't have an origin story after he killed Brady. Brady's not dead. He tried to stab Brady and kill him via someone else. Okay. So I like your theory, but no. It's not it. This is Breaking Bad moment. He's, he's already been his pride. He's already been broke, real bad. I hate that. All right. Well, that's Bert. I'm just happy we got to see him again. Our favorite criminal that is not actually a criminal. That could be a criminal. It could be, but. Mm. Um. Anyways, then at the um, what's it called? Clinic. Yeah, there it is. Um, all right, so this was we'll, we'll bring in Hope at this point now. So mm-hmm. Hope and Doc, this is the most feasible time to bring in their storyline. Hope has a doctor's appointment with her neurologist. Because they had a last-minute cancellation, so Doc said, yeah, we're taking it. And Hope says, um, I don't really want to go and get poked and prodded. And Doc comes back with the snappiest the best comeback i've ever heard so good once a month i have needles injected into my eyes so you can do this and she's like okay fine and he leaves okay fair yeah so he leaves for a house call because it's 1945 Mm -hmm. and then she immediately like he's one foot out the door he's not even in his car yet if i had to guess no he's like probably on the front step Mm-hmm. she calls and she's like i have to cancel something just came up and they're like you just made this appointment and she's like yeah it was really sudden she's such a good liar mm-hmm. she learned it from one two three bert, bert. that's right 
Mm-hmm. There's lots of lying going on in this episode. This episode should really be called Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. Mm-hmm. Not Mayhem. Mayday. So that's... So then Hope's like, yeah, cool, whatever. I'll get Joellen to take me there, lying to Doc. But then in reality, she has Joellen take her to the sewing circle. Ooh, where they're working on costumes for the fair. That's so great. So all the sewing circle ladies... And Tara are doing what they do best, which is so. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about this is that Muriel is being the total diva that she is. Yes, and apparently a very slow sewer. Yeah, because she's insisting on hand sewing all of the costumes while everyone else is using machines. There was definitely some other hand sewing. But not for what basic stitching she was doing. True. Which was hems. Mm-hmm. Embroidery, yes. I think Hope was doing some like embroidery work or something, but... And then uh, they just keep taking them out of her pile. Oh, it's mm-hmm. quality humor so with those good. ladies. I do like how fancy their fair outfits are going to be. Yes, they're all going to look They are going dapper in 100%. On fair. Yes. Can't wait for that episode. Yeah. But this is when we learn that Hope, remember, she's the mayor. <laughs> they really had to throw that one in because no one's said anything about it since like two seasons ago. Yeah. Well, don't worry. Um, She has not been doing a single mayoral duty, and she will not be mayoraling at the run fair. Because usually she does opening remarks. But don't worry. Muriel's going to take it over, which is perfect because she has acting experience. Mm -hmm. I think that's right up Muriel's alley. Yeah, but Hope doesn't even want to go to the fair. No. It's so sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Doc shows back up, or no, Doc actually, after his house call, I guess, he goes and he joins Denny for some coffee. At the bake truck. At the bake truck, which has moved locations. Yes, and we also get to see basically every character in this show in this moment, because you have Mike sitting there eating a sandwich, making the funniest face. Mm-hmm. You've got Denny. You've got Doc. You've got Jack picking up stuff. Bree. Bree was there. Literally everyone. They were like, guess what? We're going to film a scene with everyone, and no one's going to interact with each other. Yeah. You're just going to be there like this is a real town. Mm-hmm. So Denny and Doc are discussing him staying at the B&B, and then Jack comes over and finally meets Denny, and he's like, I'd offer you a place, but my sister lives there now. Ha, ha, ha. And that's when Doc's like, here's what I can offer you. Throws it on the table. It's the room in my clinic that's so conveniently been brought up last episode, so we remembered. That Doc used to live there. Yeah. And then, uh, what's his face? Denny's like, wow, that's great. I will definitely stay there. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's, uh, you know, pivot another pivotal moment. I'm, we're just going all over the place. I'm so sorry. Speaking of Mike and Bree, let's talk about their storyline. And their lying. Which a like little you. bit does involve Jack. So let's go back to Jack. Mike, this whole time, I'm like, why is he still in town? He's trying to find Vince. He doesn't really care about the drug stuff anymore. He is in town to find Vince. Interesting. That's why he's still here. Because he's, to quote him, a dirty cop. Yes. And Vince may have crossed paths with Brady. So it's time for Murder Watch. Murder Murder Watch? Watch. (laughs) Are we changing the name of it? Ah, Crime Watch, Murder Watch. I'm pulling down my murder board red string all over the place we are finally connecting brie and mm-hmm. brady's storyline with vincent preacher yes so jack thinks that vince may have crossed paths with brady so jack and mike are hot on that trail and so then jack wants to know from brie if brady has ever talked to her about the night he was shot in best quote of the whole dang episode right here uh, so Brady blames Jack for putting him in jail and getting stabbed. I didn't say it was rational. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame Brady. Okay, no. 
No, we can debate this right now. To quote Brie, that's debatable. So we're going to debate. <laughs> I get it kind of where Brady is coming from. However, he did kind of do it to himself by, you know, being involved in crime. So you can't really blame Jack because Jack thought that you shot him. So, of course, he's going to put you in jail or at least try to have you put in jail because he thought that you shot him. And as soon as he found out or kind of remembered that it wasn't you, he worked to start getting you out. So you cannot blame him, especially because the person who stabbed you was, in fact, the cousin of your old boss's right hand man. Therefore, it is all your own fault, Brady. Okay. well, I think that um, because then later I'm jumping ahead, but later Jack finally does go to confront Brady where at Brady's work site where Brady looks teeny, teeny, tiny next to that thing next to that equipment that he's operating which is breaking a lot of OSHA violations. He's not wearing a helmet. No hard hat to be seen. No steel-toed boots. And he's carrying a really big wrench. In fashion jeans. Yeah, he's wearing skinny jeans that really are doing a lot for him. Great job, Brady, but not the best for what you're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Did you see that he was carrying a wrench? No, I did not even notice. Okay, you're going to have to go back and watch and see because he's Holding a really big wrench for some reason. Why? Maybe that's the key. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you just need a giant wrench to operate whatever that machine was. There's also the giant chain on the end that Jack punches. Oh, yeah. After, so that does talk about this. So Jack is like, hey, Brady, I really just want to know why you came to visit me the night I was shot. If you didn't shoot me, I finally learned it wasn't your fault, blah, blah, blah. And Brady's like, I was coming to tell you that I had changed. And it's all boring. I don't really care that much. Yeah, I was about to say flashback time. Mm -hmm. Basically, gist of it is Brady decides to be a good person and Jack calls him out and says, you don't get an award for being a decent human being and doing the right thing. Yeah, but this is why I'm like, I can kind of see why Brady has the right to be a little teeny bit mad at Jack because he was like, Jack, I'm trying to do the right thing. And Jack's like, no, I'm done with you. I don't even care. Oh, like you doing the right thing isn't going to give you that reward you want. So then, you know, Jack blames him for getting shot. So... I can see why Brady would be angry with him. He thought right, they were... you can be angry, but you can't blame him. Whatever. I think that he's allowed to blame Jack because it's we don't know where Vince is. Once Vince comes back, it's all back on him. Right, and honestly, because Jack's memory clearly is not that great of this incident, mm-hmm. he could also be misremembering Vince. Yeah. All right, but this is where we learned something interesting and new for Crime Watch. So Brady said that he was going to show up to the raid while it was happening so people would see that he was doing the right thing and going legit. But by the time he... And so he would get arrested with everyone else so nobody knew it was him. Right. But then by the time he got there, it was already over. And Mike... Mike set Brady up because Mike... Was was the one who planned all of this. Mike was the one Brady told, like, hey, here's everything I know. And so then Mike shot Jack. That's your new theory? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mike shot Jack to blame Brady, to put the brain, bl- brain to blame. put the blame on Brady. Or he hired Vince. So like in reality, Vince had no part in the crime stuff. Bree is convinced that Vince is Calvin's boss. I still think it's Bert, (laughs) but maybe in reality it is Vince or hear me out. Vince had nothing to do with that. He just happened because Mike's a bad cop. All right. Mike's already on the bad side of the law. So he knows Vince because Vince is a bad cop. So they're already friends. So he was like, hey, Vince, you want to like shoot a guy for me? And then you can get your son back. I mean, your stepson. I mean, your nephew. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, that's right. 
yeah so mike knew christopher was in preacher's care and he knew that vince wanted christopher because his brother was dead because you know preacher buried his body (laughs) and so then he's like hey i'll let make sure that you can get away really quick with this child if you shoot jack and then i'll make it easy for you that's one of your most unhinged theories you've <laughs> ever come up with. But, does but it, it also kind of works. Right? It kind of works. It's not the most unrealistic thing that's ever happened on this show. Mm-hmm. So. If I end up being right, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to faint. <laughs> just die. Just yeah. Combust on the couch. Well, we did get something right. Or no, we got something right that Brie finally figured out. What was it? Um, oh, so, uh, or remember how I jokingly said that Vince was probably in charge of the whole crime syndicate, including mm-hmm. Calvin? Well, now Brie finally sees that. So, like, she saw our murder board. Yay. She listened she to listened. the last episode and came over and watched, well, looked at it. Wow, thanks, Brie. So, yeah. Whew. Crime watch. Anything to add? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Sure. I think that... No, I'm just kidding. I think that I um, I solved it. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you could have. Mm-hmm. You might be in there. Yeah. But anyways, now Bree and Mike are working together to find Vince. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I won't get into it any further because I don't care. They do have some cute little friendship banter, though. Friendship only. Which, obviously, Mike wants to have more of. <sighs> But Brie just loves Brady too much. Yes, she does. And his hot bod. He's so hot. In those pants. Everyone go look at him in those pants. Just rewatch that scene to A, see how teeny tiny he looks. <laughs> B, see him holding a wrench. That's really big. <laughs> C, see him wearing some really nice pants. And D, see Jack hit that chain after their conversation. Because he's frustrated. Jack, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah, that's not good. He's going to break his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, gosh, where were we at I this don't, point? I don't know. So we, we basically, we covered all the Bree and Brady yeah. and Mike stuff, right? I think so. That's about where it ended. Yeah, yeah. So we'll find out what happens with them. Do we think... That Brady and Jack are going to make up and be friends again by the end of the season. I think it's going to be really hard for Jack to, like, want to be Brady's friend. I think he'll forgive him, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think that ship has kind of sailed. I think they will be okay with being around each other, especially if he's going to keep dating, you know, Jack's sister. But. hmm Yeah. I don't think they're ever going to be, like, besties. No. I think that, you know. If he and, like you were saying, if he and Bree stay together, he'll, like, he'll try to be the better person, but I don't think Brady can put it behind him. No. They both hold grudges way too much to be able to Mm -hmm. move on. Well, we can move on really easily. What should we talk about next? Should we talk about Preacher now, since we already kind of mentioned him? Yeah, and his storyline takes, like, five seconds to go through. Well, first off, we see him and Jack um, unpacking a lot of ketchup. So much ketchup. We literally, we went back so that we could count the amount of ketchup that they were pulling out of this box. I think we got up to, what, nine? Yeah. That's so much name brand ketchup. They at least use the good kind of ketchup. So. Yeah. All right. And you know what? This actually will come back to Preacher, but this act brings us into lizzie and ricky first Mm -hmm. um okay fine we'll finish up preacher he goes on a date with julia his aikido teacher it's very cute they make out that was our romantic romantic moment moment. it's the only romantic moment that happened in this episode yes it's first kiss with that new relationship romance but also preacher does deserve it even though he you know did help hide a body that we all seem to keep forgetting about yeah. But he does deserve to want to be in a relationship who, with someone who clearly is going to reciprocate mm-hmm. Yes, those feelings. Yeah. And it's nice. They are bonding. And also we learn a murderer that we know of. 
True. We learned how Preacher made perfect omelets in the Marines. And then he, like, does that thing where you know. And he, like, looks at her lips. And he looks back at her. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. It's happening. And they smoochy smooch. Mm-hmm. It's the start of something new. But after Preacher makes the fastest fire ever. With a picnic blanket sitting next to the fire. Unfortunately, what happens? Julia is going through the picnic basket, and it's somewhere from the basket, she pulls out a bunch of drawings mm. that are clearly of Preacher, Paige, and Christopher. Yikes. And she looks very uncomfortable. She's like, what is this? But we don't know what happened, so we'll have to wait until the next episode, mm-hmm. as always. Ugh. But I'm happy he's getting love. He deserves it, even yes. if he is a criminal. Criminals deserve love, too. Very true. Put that on a t-shirt. They are, in fact, people. Yes. And now we can talk about other lovers who are um, star-crossed lovers, I guess. Ooh. At least in Ricky's eyes. Not so much in Lizzie's eyes. She knows what he did. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're filling up all that ketchup. There was so many... How does Jax need so many ketchup bottles? If Preacher does have food that is so good you wouldn't even need ketchup Mm -hmm. he made panna cotta for some unknown reason yeah that's such a difficult food to make yes and it takes work how does he have the time i don't know we won't get into it now but everyone loves preachers panna cotta according to muriel (laughs) Mm -hmm. and doc Mm -hmm. but anyways they're refilling that ketchup so much ketchup and then they get to talking about the Ren Fair because Lizzie is so excited about her costume that Ricky's grandmother and Connie are helping to make since, you know, they're in the sewing circle. And this, Ricky went there. He did. He she did. was like, I'm really sad. I won't get to do the Romeo and Juliet scene. And he's like, well, maybe you should have broken up with me after the fair. Ooh, it was kind of funny when he did it though it was actually he, so he had that like cute little like boy face that's like mm-hmm. hey he and his frosted tips mm-hmm. and she looked at him and was like are you sure you want to bring that up now and he's like no and he had like kicked puppy dog face yeah and that's when she has to spill the beans that denny turned her down to do the play because he's not a theater kid Ugh, boo and ricky's like you know what I will do the scene with you. It can just be a, a hug at the end. A mutual, friendly handshake. Mm-hmm. We can just look at each other. No kissing. Not kiss. And she's like, fine. Come over and we'll rehearse. Like, assuming that he won't have the lines memorized and it's going to be an epic failure. And she can be like, no, we're not doing this. Mm-hmm. So then he goes over to her house and Connie is home. And she's like, well, then rehearse the scene. You need to be able to do it for an audience. Kind Clearly, of- Connie also thinks that Ricky doesn't know. Mm-hmm. She's egging him on. But lo and behold, he does, in fact, know the lines. And the two of them are not good actors in the scene. No, but that's what made it cute. I know. Like, they were just kind of, they must have just been, like, regurgitating the lines. Mm-hmm. See, it's just funny to me. Because they are actors pretending to be bad actors. Oh, that is funny. And that is my favorite Mm -hmm. thing whenever actors have to do that. 100%. Yeah. Cracks me up every time. Yeah. And then Lizzie's like, wow, you really do know the lines. And she's a little impressed. Mm -hmm. But then Connie, ever omnipotent, omnipotent. Something like that. Whatever one, Connie sees right through his little ruse. She's like, don't fool me, boy. I know what you're doing. Don't try so hard. She's not going to take you back. Ooh. He also admits that he crammed all day to remember those mm-hmm. lines. Honesty. You know, he's got to learn how to do it now. Yeah. And also, Connie is too scary to lie to. So She is so scary. I'm scared of her. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with Connie. No, she knows too many things. Yeah. She, too, is criminal. Mm-hmm. Or has committed some form of crime because she can get away with too many things. <gasps> Speaking of crime, part two, and criminals, Muriel and Doc, as we mentioned, both are going to get some panna cotta. Because Doc wants to bring some home for Hope after her doctor's appointment. And that is when Muriel's like, hey, I heard about your grandson. 
and um, you should be careful. Because look at what happened to so-and-so. A mm-hmm. random niece came in and stole all her money. Yeah. And Doc's like, I don't think he would do that. He just wants to be in my family. But I don't know. I guess I'll be careful since you told me to. Yeah. You better. You better what be careful. The, the old women in this town convinced that anybody who's new is there to commit a crime. Oh, well, I'm convinced that Denny is not there for the right reasons. Mm. His sob story is a little too sus. I didn't trust him from the get-go. Okay. You belong with the sewing circle ladies. I do. I don't trust no one. Which, I mean, granted, he did give us a pretty good reason to not trust him. Yeah. But that's when Hope learns that the appointment was canceled. Doc Hope learns. Doc learns that Hope canceled the appointment, basically, and then lied to him. And when he goes home, he confronts her. And she's like, oh, no, no, I went. Ha, ha, ha. I made you a lasagna. So then he calls Joellen. And she's like, no, it was canceled. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, 100%. Big awkward. And he is so sad. Mm-hmm. That Hope's lying to his little face. Mm-hmm. Poor Doc. He's going through it. He really is. He's having a rough go of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know who what other couple's having a rough go? We'll finish talking about Jack and Mel because at the end of the episode, they reconvene again. Back kinda, at the house. To kind of talk about like, hey, sorry, I was being unfair. No, I was being unfair. Okay, but can we also talk about how Mel was sitting on the front porch, just staring off into the distance so dramatically when Jack pulls up? Mel looked like she had seen a ghost. Honestly. She was so forlornly in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was so dramatic. Yeah, so they're still both stuck in their mindset about knowing the paternity of the child. And she's like, the truth usually comes out. And he is like, not if you don't want it to. Oh my gosh, Jack. What does he have buried? We don't know. And I don't Mm want to get into it. But he has something. Mm -hmm. And Mel doesn't think that she can live a life without knowing. And she's like, I can't ignore this the way that you can, which is sad and awkward. So then later, they're like, okay, I don't know if I ever can find out. And she's like, well, maybe if you tell me why it is that you don't want to know, I can feel better about it. Like, give me an actual reason other than I don't want to know. Ugh, the ball drops, the other shoe drops. Jack doesn't think he'll feel the same about the baby if it's not biologically his. Which is literally the most dramatic and Jack-like thing that he could do. And the fact that he's even concerned about it means that he would love this kid no matter what. And he just can't see that because he's so stuck in his own head and his own feelings and opinions and his own fears because he doesn't address any of his fears about anything, that mm-hmm. he's just like convinced he's going to be a horrendous father if it's not his own child. Yes. However, I don't want to put all the blame on Mel here or on Jack here. Mel's a little bit to blame because he's like, I didn't want to upset you. He's making it all about her. Rightfully so. She's the one who knew what she was doing when she went to that doctor's appointment and shoved those embryos up all in there. Mm-hmm. So like. Mel, you can kind of maybe be a little understanding of him because you sprung this on him. To be fair, they were also broken up, though, when she did that. They were, but also, Mel, that was a bit of a, a weird a, move for you. It was you. a drastic decision. Yeah. So, like, you can kind like, instead of her being super upset with him, because, like, good for him. He finally shared. And, yeah, it's dumb and stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm not Team Jack, but I'm not Team Mel. They both are in their own ways always honestly they need couples therapy of anybody in this town <laughs> that needs both individual therapy and couples therapy it is those two yes yeah like come on they they've been doing so much better but like really guys mm-hmm. really yeah and so 
because they mel in particular doesn't really want to get into it she's like i'm going on a walk and where does she walk all the way to the clinic that's such a long walk well maybe or it's not we don't know know. (laughs) it could be like across the street it it could be uh, two miles away we genuinely have no idea if somebody can just give us a rough estimate map would love anybody that's on the show yeah let us know because we're curious yeah we're curious robin like, car maybe you no know, well write okay us a if map. you do look in the book there is a map but it's probably not the same as the show map you oh, know maybe. i don't so she ends up at the clinic liz what happens so it cuts to the clinic denny is creepily walking around the clinic without a shirt on wait i forgot to say what other creepy thing he was doing this episode he's a creep he was creeping on lizzie he was looking at their pictures very like slowly and zooming zooming in on her i'm assuming that was supposed to be like cute but it just came across weird no it came across as Mm stalkerish but any hoosers back in the clinic he's like sneaking around as if someone's gonna be there and it's like my guy you're the only one there so we think (gasps) and he's like walking around and he walks up to the medicine cabinet that's locked because that's where they keep all their prescription drugs but it's also and band-aids and band-aids but it's also like 10 million years old yeah and he like gets in there i don't know if he used the keys that doc gave doc gave him keys and i'm assuming that the keys might be able to open it we don't know because it didn't open yeah so he like had to like kind of jimmy it open get it open pulls something out of there and as he has it in his hand who walks through the door caroline (gasps) it's mel she turns the lights on angry parent style when they come home from a night out and says what are you doing and then the episode end of episode cliffy cliff cliff hanger kind of cliff hanger yes and we all know that they're not going to jump immediately into it they're going to make us suffer we also know that mel is probably going to avoid it for a little while probably well that's the episode i feel like we did a really good job of making it seem a lot more exciting <laughs> than it actually was yeah it was as always some I just, mm. dip that's how i feel yeah that's honestly well um i didn't really get into any of the fashion stuff so. i have one comment about the fashion all and right it's that mel's dress that she was wearing was so weird yeah i didn't like it it's like a long like denim mm-hmm. maxi dress with a belt yeah but it's of the style now yeah but it's weird and i didn't like it oh yeah i can't believe we almost forgot our favorite segment <gasps> boat, boat patrol. patrol good enough um hey liz were there any boats no we barely even saw the water we saw it twice exactly we saw a beautiful opening shot waterfall it was lovely and then we saw the river when the bake truck was parked next to it parked mm-hmm. i don't know I guess it's kind of parked yeah whatever that thing is no boats passed by nope even though it's right along the river perfect setup for a park your boat situation to get a cupcake and uh again we saw the shots of the river no boats no boats was the boat that we may or may not have seen but we think we have seen it last week a fluke maybe that one's still up for debate it is we counted it because it looked like it was in the river but was it the river i don't know i don't either i needed to give myself a win last week which is why i counted it yeah yeah i get it we need a everyone needs a win every now and then but mm-hmm. yeah no boats even though we were promised boats because they were supposed to go fishing Ugh, sad or was it fishing or just camping? they were going to go fishing and then sleep under the stars that's right even though mel hates camping and fishing yes and but she nature. loves her man <sighs> so yeah still no definitive boats but as Ooh. always we will keep our eyes and ears on it locked in yes peeled mm-hmm. what about question corner 
I have one singular question. I'm ready. How do people in this town know where the bake truck is going to be every day? Because it's in a different location every time we see it. Actually, no. The past, like, three times we've seen it, it's been in the same spot. Or ha- No, yeah, it's always been in that same spot where it's, like, really grassy right in front, and there's a bunch of picnic tables, and it's grass, and that, like, lake pond thing is behind it. Mm-hmm. But this time, it was where it was for most of season one-ish, give or take, where it was parked right by the river. Who's driving it? Does it drive itself? Is it like a food truck where the thing's on wheels? Or do you have to hook it up to a car and tow it around? I cannot see Lizzie driving a pickup (laughs) truck with a full-on bakery attached to it. I can't see Lizzie or Connie driving a food truck. I could see Connie doing it, actually. She would need seven booster seats. (laughs) She would need, like, those pedal extenders. Yeah. Not in a mean way. I love you so much, Connie. And the actress who plays Connie, you're wonderful. You're a gem among diamonds. What? (laughs) (laughs) You're even better than diamonds. Anyways. (laughs) I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, do the townspeople have, like, is it Monday, Wednesday, Friday? Always going to be parked here. Tuesday, Thursday, it's going there. How do they know? How do they know? How do they know? I don't know. I wish I had an answer I for that one. I don't think, because, like, clearly, internet is so spotty that they can't just have, like, social a media. Twitter or something yeah. or Insta. And Maybe like, it's, like, a word of mouth situation because the town is so small. Somebody can be like, oh, hey, I saw the big You know what? Here. Connie is a gossip. Oh, yeah. You know that she's spreading so she, that around. I still want to know how she runs and operates the general store and is the bake truck. Is she still running the general store? Did she shut down the general store? What if I need some mayonnaise? That was like the closest place in town to get mm-hmm. some mayonnaise. What if I need? Everyone's leaving town these days to go do things. I know. This like town when... isn't as isolated as we thought it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have a secondary question to go along with okay. question one. So, Which is unanswerable. Right. It's This is like question one B. Okay. So in front of the bake truck, we always see those picnic tables. Where do they put the picnic tables? Because those are not the kind that can fold. Those are full-on wooden picnic tables. If it is a food truck truck, that means that it could have a secondary tow thing behind it, like a little tiny mini. Yeah, but they have that little, like, porch thing. I know. I think that they put them all on that thing. They just stack them and hope for the best. Risky. Yeah. Risky maneuver. But can you also picture... Lizzie and Connie <laughs> moving those picnic tables because wooden picnic tables are heavy. They are heavy. I can't imagine, honestly, Lizzie doing anything menial. Manual? Manual. <laughs> menial, yes. She does yeah. a lot of menial tasks. But yeah, I, I have no idea. Maybe they're always there because it, that's its permanent location, just not its permanent location of the day. Maybe. The tables are just always there. There we go. Final answer. Okay. Uh, I had all right well i think this is a good enough time as any to go ahead and wrap up the episode so i'll 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 kick us off today with my final thoughts um this episode was all right there were like some snooze fest moments like i feel like we're always talking about the same stuff with jack and mel the i wish we would have actually seen a plane boat crash uh you know I feel like they're just dragging out a lot of things, like the whole Hope storyline, dragging it out, being dragged. Why did we get 12 episodes if everything's dragging along? If you were like, how do we fill 12 episodes? I'm just saying, I'm not being critical. I love this show, but I'm being critical. This is why no one from the show ever wants to be on our podcast. (laughs) And the fact that we haven't reached out to anyone. (laughs) That too. But yeah, I mean, it was good. It was a fine episode. I guess I'll give it like a B, you know, rewatching it. I was like, oh, all right. There were only a couple of scenes that I was you bored at. the wrench? I did notice that wrench. We'll post a screen grab of that wrench that Brady's holding in those nice jeans. Brady was wearing some nice jeans, so that gives this episode some points. They were really good jeans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it gets a B. My MVP of the episode... 
I don't, I don't know. No one really did anything out of the ordinary. No one did anything that would, like, step up to the streets them, you know? Mm. I, I honestly Just know. Just move on then. Move on then. Yeah, I have no idea. No MVP. No one did anything good enough for me. My worst valuable player is Mike for shooting Jack. <laughs> Duh. Foregone conclusion at this point. Yeah. And then, yeah, so that's that's me. All right. Um, I'm going to give it a B minus for boring. <laughs> What's the minus for? Because it was just really painfully boring. Okay, B is for boring. Minus was for minute. Yep. Minuscule. Meh. <laughs> yes, meh. B for boring, minus for meh. Because uh, it was a painfully slow and uneventful episode. The only reason why it did not get a C from me was because I liked the cliffhanger at the end. That's mm. the kind of cliffhanger I enjoy. Yes, I love a cliff. Yeah, like that's like a, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next kind of cliffhanger. You know what it was? It was like a cliff bar. They're really good. Yes, and they leave you wanting more. Yeah. This way ranked up there with finding a baby on the porch of the Ooh, clinic cliffhanger back. for me. So, loved it. That's the only thing that saved this episode. And also, for my MVP, I do have one, unlike you. Oh. I'm going to give it to our favorite criminal mastermind, Bert, for tricking his wife into going to the clinic, and now she's going to get the help she needs. And go bankrupt. Wow. Really great MVP. He's going to beg in the streets to quote him. (gasps) He's going to put his pride aside because he loves her so much. Very nice. And then my worst, least important, valuable person character thing is really kind of a toss-up. I have Jack for being a big old scaredy cat and just, like, trying to avoid who the father of this child is. Or Hope for lying to Doc. Both good answers. Good Mm -hmm. choices. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel about this episode. Very wonderful thoughts. Thanks for sharing them. And thank you all for sharing your ears with us and listening to this episode. This really chaotic episode. We hope you liked it. Please give us a nice review or however you best deem fit review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, We'll give you know, a shout out. We got a really nice review from someone the other day and we really, really, really appreciate it. I love hearing that we're so funny because I think we are. So thank you so much for that. And you can send us an email to virginriverpod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at virginriverpod. Yeah, hit us up. We, we can post be... some fire tweets recently, so definitely go follow us there. Yes, we'll be your friends five ever. And I think I think that's, that's it. it. Uh, I think that's all the housekeeping yeah. things. Well, see you next time in Virgin River, where the internet is slow, but the gossip is fast. Right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.